We never knew what started the fire, but the angry flames gutted my house and killed my lead dog. It was the January 1989 and record cold blanketed the entire state of Alaska. For the next two weeks, I worked around the clock with the help of our wonderful community at Denali. People paraded in with diapers and meals, shovels, hammers, and wood. We worked around the clock to provide shelter for my young family. Through it all, my dog team sat idle, watching from afar. My lead dog, Hickory's empty house, was a painful reminder. But after a couple of weeks, a corner of the house made habitable, friends and family encouraged me to take a break. Go run that race you've been working on. Take a break. We'll take care of things here. So just four short weeks after a tragic fire, I found myself at the starting line of the Yukon Quest sled dog race in Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. My burning desire to win had morphed into a commitment to make sure that this race ended without disappointment, regardless of the place I finished. So it was quite a surprise when I arrived at the halfway point of the race at Dawson City, Yukon Territory, in the lead, two hours ahead of my closest competition. Well-rested and well-fed, my team trotted off the street of Dawson City onto the mighty Yukon. It was midnight, and it was a moonless night. The aurora borealis flamed overhead. Patches of fog spotted the top of the river indicating ominous open water, but the trail navigated us safely. The minutes turned into hours, and my borrowed lead dog, Hickey, was doing a magnificent job. Like the captain of an airship that goes on autopilot, I dozed off as the team did what they did so well. Somewhere down the trail, I was startled. I felt the energy of the team and the fear that went through them to me, and I turn, turned on my light to see a musher's nightmare. The narrow trail was surrounded by open water. Overflow had flooded the top of the surface of the river. I could see ahead 100 feet, a trail marker and safe trail ahead, but the flooded surface hid the danger of any open leads. I pointed my team towards the marker and urged them on, and Hickey lunged forward like a blue-ribbon Labrador going for a down duck. I prayed the trail was down there as the team splashed forward, and then with dread I saw the bottom disappear out of the team, below the team, and found myself neck deep in the Yukon, splashing with my dog team. Frigid water flushed into my suit, and I gasped for air. Instinctively, I climbed to the top of my sled as it began to sink. I, found like, I felt like Leonardo DiCaprio on top of the Titanic as it was sinking. I had a moment to pause and remembered the only two mushers I knew that had died while mushing had both drowned. 
I knew the next few seconds were very important. I lunged off the top of my sled over the top of my dogs and belly flopped on top of the team and pulled myself hand over hand towards the edge of the open lead where my lead dog, Hickey, desperately clung to the edge of the ice. With near superhuman energy, I don't know where it came from, I nearly levitated out of the water onto the solid surface. And I reached down and I pulled my lead dog, Hickey, up on top of the ice, immediately continued to pull the team up two by two. The sled submerged, just barely showing below the surface. All the dogs were on the ice now. They were thrilled to be out of the water. They had been terrified and now shook and rolled in the dry snow. I realized then that I wasn't going to drown that night, but I got a hunch I might freeze. I knew inside my sled I had a waterproof bag with fire-starting materials, fuel, matches, dry hat, and gloves, and I needed that bag, and I needed it quick. With all my might, I pulled on the sled, but my strength was insufficient. I needed the dogs. I needed their help, and I needed it now. With a Neanderthal guttural booming voice that came from somewhere deep inside me, I screamed at the dogs for their attention. The words aren't clear, but the message was unmistakable. Pull! Pull! With all their might and all of mine combined, we pulled the sled up out of the water and it breached out like a, a whale. Water draining out of it, steam pulling off of it. I madly ripped inside the sled to find the bag that would be the difference between life and death. I found the bag, it was safe and dry. I then shone my light from bank to bank of the mile-wide Yukon. With deep snow and steep cut banks, there was nothing to burn. I needed fuel or I needed shelter, and I needed it soon. The dogs, now invigorated from their midnight swim, lunged in their harnesses, and I knew their speed may be my saving grace. I let them take off down the trail and hung onto the sled. Almost immediately, my suit began to freeze on top of me like a steel drum. I moved my body inside the suit, pushing and prodding, trying to create airspace as it froze around me. The seconds turned into minutes, and I knew that I didn't have long. I needed fuel, or I needed shelter, and I needed it soon. But in the mile-wide Yukon, with five miles between each bend, I never felt smaller in my entire life. Six-minute miles is good on the trail, but I needed shelter, and I needed fuel, and I needed it soon. I couldn't help but think of Robert Service's poem of Sam McGee. I imagined myself climbing in the boiler of the Alice May. If just one more time, I want to be warm. I wasn't sure how that night would end. The team sped on. The aurora flamed overhead. A long bend in the river. Up ahead, I saw the yoke yellow light, a teeny speck the size of a pin drop in the distance, miles ahead, the yellow light that could be only one thing, but the kerosene light of a trapper's cabin somewhere in the wilderness of the Yukon 
on the, on the Yukon River. If you want to know if I lived, you got to buy the book. 